0: Faith here with your podcast, Welcome Toast. It was Stephen Wright, who went to the 24-hour grocery store only to find the owner locking the front door. Wait, Steve said. The sign says you're open 24 hours, to which the owner said yes, but not in a row. Listen to our show in small bites or enjoy the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my day when it drops It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. Our special guest is John Finn, author of The Perfect Omelette, and we love eggs for any meal on the show, as you probably know. And we're asking you to get ready for a Persian eggplant omelet, a prosciutto, parmesan, and rosemary omelet. We have a good wine discovery for you and a tip for soaking salmon before putting it on the grill or in the pan. It will make a huge difference. Okay, my food buddies are here. Alex Provins, wine broker in Hartford. Robin doyen Aikens, senior producer. Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. And, of course, John, the man we refer to as Renaissance Guy. Okay. Can we do fish discovery? Yeah. I have a feeling I'm talking to the right people because I just discovered porgy. Now, New England fishermen call it scup. But, you know, those of us, I love to fish, but I don't call Mm -hmm. it that. I call it porgy. It's bony, but I'm in love with it. I always Mm -hmm. ask somebody else to bone it who knows what they're doing, whether it's the restaurant or the fish market. It is so delicious.
1: Delicious. We smoke it. it. It's really inexpensive. It's abundant. You get a ton of it around here. Alex probably catches them.
2: Yeah, I'd be (laughs) afraid. I'm still going for fluke. Yeah, (laughs) But they're
1: they're an abundant around here. You can catch them, like, all day long. Well, they run
0: through, I would say, probably mid-October, the end of October, I think. Do you ever catch them, Alex? Yeah, I see
2: it's one of those fish that everyone seems to be trying to catch off the docks and trying to catch, like, on little boats and, you know, the mouths of rivers and, you know, all over Long Island Sound.
0: And I bet it's difficult to clean because you want to... Get the Keep bones the bones, out. you know, fillet it just right so you can get the bones out. So I'd be handing it over to somebody else. Yeah, in this see, case. I
1: always say cook it first, bone it after if you're eating it at yeah. home, right? Once well, it's cooked the all bones the way give through, it flavor. the bones and the bones just pop, pop right out. out. Oh, so after it's yeah. cooked, right? It's hard to bone a fish when it's raw, but once, once it's fully cooked, because what I do at the restaurant is I hot smoke them. And then we just take the meat and chunk it up into little pieces and make like a little salad out of it. It is so tasty, but... Mm. Once it's cooked and smoked, I just take them with my fingers and I pull the bones right out.
0: So yeah. if you put this in a little, if you know how to do tempura, you're, yeah. it is so delicious. But if you are just going to just fry it in a little olive oil, what, yeah. how would we describe just tender, white, mm, sweet, yeah. very sweet, sweet meat?
1: Sweet. It, Small sweet. flakes.
2: It reminds me yeah, how they cook series. it in Spain, just like lightly flour it in really hot olive oil with the bones. And then... On your plate, you just gingerly, with your fingers, you can just sort of pull the meat off. Yeah. And the bones, I think, give it flavor and moisture. Yeah, that's why I say leave the bones be in and afraid cook of it them. on
1: the bones. Just because, don't eat them. Yeah, just don't eat them. And just, like I said, and pull, you can do this before you take them to the table, right? Cook them and then bone them and then put them on a little platter. You can even give them a l- another little heat in the oven to warm them back up. And then you don't even have to worry about the bones. With well, any fish,
0: I think. It's yeah. true. You know, maybe they'll be a little bit more flavorful because of the bones, but I so don't want bones in yeah. I'm asking my fish market to do it, So you shouldn't be afraid. Um, okay, you want to do one more fish thing? Because yeah, totally. this is this idea of brining fish. When we talk about turkeys and doing that, everybody's eyes roll back in their heads. It seems so complicated. Five gallon bucket. Right? I am talking about instant brining probably 10 minutes in a little bit of salt water for your salmon fillets. We talked about this Mm -hmm. earlier, but we're getting salmon again to put on the grill right now, feeling like we're celebrating summer before it disappears. Uh And so the idea is five tablespoons of salt in two quarts of water. And then you put your fillets in and just let them sit there for about 10 minutes, dry them with a paper towel, and then cook them any way you want.
2: So it just adds more flavor.
0: Oh, it adds a little bit of the briny feeling, but it stays so moist. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think, John? Would you? Well,
3: I'd love to do that, but I'd also like to try it in a vegetable stock too. I think it would be wonderful just to salt the vegetable stock a little bit and <gasps> give it a little additional flavor.
0: What but, a good whatever. idea! Do you have a store bought vegetable stock you like, or you make your own? No,
3: I prefer to make my own. It's so easy, and I've always got discarded vegetables lying around the so kitchen. What do you I've got do? scraps. How do you do it? I, I usually just take whatever I have discarded, although you have to be careful not to overwhelm with one particular vegetable, and I always do that for some reason. I have leftover carrots. And there's a difference between a good vegetable stock and a carrot stock. Nobody really wants a carrot stock. <laughs> that's, that's a bad idea. So
0: you throw a, a bunch of vegetables throw in them together. In a, in a
3: pot with some water, and I just let them sit for 20 minutes on a low simmer.
0: No it, garlic. I might
3: put garlic in. It's, it's, I don't really have a standard recipe, right? It's just whatever I see in front of
0: no me. No white wine.
3: A little bit of white wine and okay. peppercorns. I don't know why, but I have to put sure. peppercorns in everything.
0: Well, so that sounds I'm, good. I'm thinking
2: in that stock you'd throw in a handful of dill. Oh, I dill love dill and dill salmon for salmon
1: dill would be fantastic mm.
0: that's great wow. so this is simple then you would add in the salt and brine it in that and w- yeah. Chris what would that do if you had it both in the vegetable stock and with the briny salty well, yeah
1: what happens is it draws moisture out and then draws moisture back in and when it draws the moisture back in it's going to bring in that vegetable stock and the, those vegetable flavors along with the salt
0: well, um, okay well, i think it's and it a, does make
1: it easier to grill and sear right because you have that little dry skin once you dry it with a paper towel you have that little pellicle on top that will help it sear and it would help it from not sticking on the grill so you too.
2: oil it again a little olive oil? you don't have to yeah. no.
0: you're hearing from not only chris and alex but john finn who is our special guest and is author of this book we love it's called the perfect omelet and this is a man who knows how to make it Chris just made one of his omelets for us and it is I said to Chris this is the best omelet I've ever had in my life and I've had some omelets <laughs> I we love, love eggs for every meal we're, we're going to get to that in just a minute so um <laughs> can we do this idea of a no cook pasta sauce oh now love that. of course pesto Is that? But Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm a tomato-based, no-cooked pasta sauce. Chris, how would you... It can be so simple. How would you do yours?
1: I chop fresh tomatoes, especially now. You chop them? Yeah, I chop them. A quarter? No, I like big chunks, like one-inch pieces. I like big pieces. And I take them and put them in a bowl. And then I put it in fresh basil, extra virgin olive oil, like a good glug glug so it gets nice and marinated. And then salt and pepper. And then I just let that sit for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, and then... Now it's coming up to room temperature. I cook my pasta, and then when I drain my pasta, I just take it and put it in the bowl with the tomatoes, and then at the end, I just throw in little chunks of mozzarella cheese. Dried oregano? Oh. Oh. No, nothing. nothing. I just do fresh basil. It oh my gosh! Because it's raw, right? I don't yeah. like using dry like oregano and stuff when I'm not cooking. Because you're gonna it's, taste. Yeah, it and is... it's just, and you're gonna do a raw sauce. You want all your flavors to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Have you tried it with a flavored vinegar too? Because yeah, that, that might be, be very might good. Be
3: nice. Yeah, a Wait, little are you, acidity. Are you
0: thinking of a balsamic? Yeah. Well,
3: it could be a balsamic, but it doesn't have to be anything as overpowering as balsamic. His you fr- mean yeah. like
0: a sherry Spanish It could be sherry a sherry vinegar. or Spanish
3: or even an amontillado or something. Something uh-huh. that would give it just a little bit of flavor.
0: So, one of the fresh pastas I like to do would be, and I shied away from this because I thought, who wants to grate tomatoes? Until I met Alex and understood what his family does in Spain, where they, they grate mm. tomatoes on a piece of bread. Oh. Um, to get the, the tomato and the juice to soak into the bread, which sounded so incredible to me. So I take beefsteak tomatoes and just rub them up against a grater. Sometimes the skin falls off, and I just toss it out and just grate, grate, grate. Throw in a little bit of garlic and some olive oil, and Chris, your fresh basil. So yeah. our recipes are essentially the same. Yeah. Mine is the grated, or and you yours is the chunked. Yeah. And then cook, do the same thing, yeah. cook up the pasta, yeah. and then I too grate a little bit of cheese on the top, yeah. and you just toss, toss, toss that whole thing Have together. Them. On occasion, and John will probably approve of this, I just do a little sprinkle of hot pepper.
2: Ooh, yep. Ooh yep. give it a buzz. Okay, yeah. he likes yeah. that, I like okay, that I knew he would like that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: But so, this time of year is the time to do this, oh, right? You oh, have fresh yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. It's hot out, and this this is more like room temperature because it's really the heat of the of the cooked pasta that gets it all going, right? I'm but. thinking,
2: um, even if you're going to add a little spice to the Italian spicy green peppers, you know those might give a the little
0: pepperoncini. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. That's
2: oh, a crunch and a little wonderful. heat, right? Yeah, that'd be wonderful.
0: And now, mm. of course, I want to start doing the the pre cooked chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh you no, can take this anyway no, i'm yeah. ready to have some yeah, fun yeah you can take this anywhere. Now
2: let's cook it left
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's, uh, definitely
0: let's cook it um okay so do you want to get to omelets in just a minute let's do our wine and then let's turn to these omelets we want to spend a little bit of time from time to time focusing on our regional wineries who are either growing their own grapes or bringing them in or mixing them with their own grapes and other grapes. We just want to support our local people. So from time to time, you're going to see us focusing on some local wine. We invite the wineries to send us a an array of your wines, and we will sample the ones and come up with the one that we think is your best And so we have one we like very much, thanks to Alex, from Jonathan Edwards Winery. This is the 2015 uh, Chardonnay, and they're in North Stonington. Alex, what would you say?
2: So Jonathan Edwards was founded in 2000. They actually have a relationship with the West Coast. So they do West Coast wines that they make in California and East Coast wines that they you know, make in North Stonington. This is the Connecticut Estate Bottled Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. So all the grapes are coming from a hillside. And I thought it was fun with the the buttery, eggy omelet, you know, playing off that buttery note. It's seven months of French barrels so when you smell the wine. But when you taste it, it's very crisp, isn't it? Like it has a, mm-hmm. like something out of Chablis, maybe. I
0: like this wine. And we're going to get to this issue of price when it's a local wine. Chris, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, but I li-
1: you know what I love about these wines? I like drinking them there. I don't yeah. know if you go to these oh, places sometimes. They're with- beautiful. But this is where you get this bottle. You're at Jonathan Edwards Vineyard. You sit down somewhere on a blanket or a picnic table in the summer, right? And you drink the wine there, and maybe you have a little cheese and crackers yeah. or whatever, and you really look around and start feeling like this is from here. And mm-hmm. you can and go any time. Exp- oh, you all the any time of year. Yeah. All the vineyards have places you can get a can, bottle
2: can... and just sit and drink Really, it. it's true. So I, I mean, part yeah. of the beauty is a vineyard.
0: Let's describe what this wine tastes like. So this Chardonnay has a note. It's not hitting you over the head with butter. It has a note of butter It has wonderful acidity, so it's Mm going to go with both lobster and other kinds of fish and chicken. Mm. Um, Alex, what little minerality? Yeah, it's
2: like a white Burgundy. It you know when you put it in your mouth and you move your tongue around, it has a thickness to it, like like you'd expect from Chardonnay. But then you get like a salvation that you get from you know acidity, so it's it's brightness. Mm -hmm. And then, as you swallow Mm. it. It's a
0: nice, Mm. nice wine. Very nice, nicely made wine. So this is at our website fuchmoose.org and what's the price on this 23 to 25 so this gets us into this issue of what premium as John you were saying what premium are you willing to pay a little bit more for a locally produced wine how do you think of it
3: I think it's really important to support local producers in this way but It does require that you make an investment of sorts, right? They're making an investment in the local economy, in the local communities in which they live. And if we're going to support them, then we need to make that same kind of investment. I think it's worth a little bit, but there is a price point at which people are going to flock, I think, Mm -hmm. to, to something else that they can get. And also, that's more reliable, right? Only a certain kind of wine drinker is going to be interested in doing this kind of exploration
0: yeah you know having said that the vineyards are getting better and better but i think what you're saying is sensible and we we are cheering for every one of our vineyards i'm telling you that so very nicely done jonathan edwards at our website tell you what to say picture of the label at food dot o-r-g you know how schmooze is spelled Aha. <laughs> s-c-h like school M-O-O, like the cows, Z E. People (laughs) remember it that way. Mm. Okay. I want to say, too, that I like to have a Connecticut wine if I am having out-of-state guests because I want to show them kind of like what my state has, and that's when I think it's important to have a Connecticut wine.
1: And this would be one to have.
2: And how about going fishing or crabbing and then catch your own fluke and then have it with a Connecticut Uh, wine in your backyard?
0: Yeah, extreme locavore. Have your wine be local, too.
2: Really fun. Grow some potatoes.
0: Really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Grow some potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's everything. <laughs> I, I've even woven my clothes it's like, <laughs> Okay, for your arrival um, Okay, so uh, here we go I can't wait Because we are egg fans on this show We all have eggs For breakfast, lunch, or dinner So we're going to take this very short break And then we're going to come right back to you And talk about this book The Perfect Omelette By our special guest John Finn We call him Renaissance Guy He did the um, Oxford Companion to Sweets, I mean, appeared in it, and... um gastronomica and food culture and society. He lives in Simsbury, Connecticut. We're going to talk to him on the other side of this break and give you omelets and omelet recipes at our site that are going to make you swoon. The omelet from his book that I had just now is the single best, thanks also to Chris's cooking, single best omelet I have ever had. It was so salty and delicious Mm. and had the best flavor in it. So I can't wait to talk about all this. This is kind of a Literary, it I mean, you. This is bedside reading, you know. You just pick up this book and read it a couple chapters at night, swoon about it's like Buddhist pornography. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> like Alex is closing this looks like. Don't sure no one's told John give, that, me, yeah. don't give <laughs> me that image. Yeah, you're not actually helping Faith yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am actually. <laughs> okay, more mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to feed the hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back.
1: It was so-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guess what you can do? You know how I say this when we come back from the first break as we go into our book, The Perfect Omelette. And that is that you can sign up for our free podcast, which is a copy of the show. If you've missed anything on the show, you want to go back to anything on the show, it arrives in your inbox. It's the coolest thing ever. You have a whole library of them. And
1: it's so much easier because before the show started, Faith, and I shouldn't even be telling people, Faith Faith was going through a drawer, and she found receipts back a few years ago. People would have to send in a letter to request a tape of the show, and you said it was $15, and you had a stack.
0: I had, I mean, (laughs) thousands of these receipts. Because they wanted to get a copy of a particular show, and now like a, a cassette, a cassette came in in the mail. We had postage. It was just I mean, unbelievable the the complication how, of a how far and we've come. How far we? That's such a great point, Chris. Okay, flip so all you, you just yeah.
1: you, <laughs> did it go to the first break or second break, and then you flip? <laughs> yeah. okay. Use the pencil to roll it back yeah. in. <laughs> Everybody below a certain age has no idea what you are talking talking about. about.
0: Oh, it was amazing. We had sound effects like (laughs) shoes and horses galloping. It was really something. Um, Okay, so you just go to foodschmooze.org, and it just says sign up once. You put your information in, and that's it. So that's the new world. (laughs) I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosbury, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, and our special guest, John E. Finn. He's author of The Perfect Omelette: Essential Recipes for the Home Cook. So officially, welcome to the Food Schmooth Party, John. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's so nice to have you here. You live in Simsbury, Connecticut, and I want to talk first before we go to the actual omelet making. Your opening quote is Thomas Merton, and it is, We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with another. Why that quote?
3: For me, it captures two things. First, this is so corny, but um, it captures my lifetime with my spouse, Linda, who I couldn't have done anything without and I can't imagine life without her. But it also has another meaning, and the other meaning is that for me, and I'm sure this is true for all of us, food is a communal activity. I'm perfectly content to be alone, perfectly content to eat an omelet alone. There's a story about Andy Warhol eating omelets alone. But push comes to shove, food is an expression, it's a communication, and that's part of the message I wanted.
0: Yeah, tell me the Andy Warhol story. Well,
3: Andy Warhol, I had no idea, but he created something called the Greta Garbo omelet. And it's a wonderful picture. It's classic Warhol. You'd know immediately that it was Warhol if you'd never seen it. But there are instructions underneath, and the instructions are always to be eaten alone, I think in a candlelit room or something. Uh-huh. And then wow. one day, somebody approached her and said, well, what do you know about omelets? She said, I know nothing about omelets. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually no comparison whatsoever. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I, so just, just as a, a side point, Andy Warhol did a bunch of these. Not only did he collect those cookie jars, there is a lot of food in his work, the Campbell soup can, obviously. He said but the hamburger one. He, yes, yes, yes. It, that's the film alex and we posted it at one point all he does as a performance piece there's not a word in it he just approaches a table sits down opens a bag unwraps the hamburger starts eating it you watch him eat the hamburger then he cleans up and that's it (laughs) (laughs) so i love that he did the greta garble omelet and that that you have this in here why did you decide to do this omelet book I think
3: it's wrestling with demons, um, my, my own personal demons, my mother in particular, who figures prominently in the book. My mother, I think, was determined to find the secret to a perfect omelet, and the fact that she could embarrass me along the way was just an added benefit. <laughs> so she would, she would take me into restaurants. This happened on more than one occasion, and she would be intent upon going to these restaurants that specialized in omelets or that had reputations. I mean, she would disappear in the middle of a meal, and she'd sneak into the back of the kitchen... And I remember one event distinctly. I remember her being walked out of the kitchen, being held firmly at the elbow, and being escorted out the door. And all I was thinking <laughs> is, I'm going to be arrested because I, I haven't got any way to pay for this meal. I'm just
0: <laughs> a child.
3: <laughs> right. And I used to shrink at the table. I tried to be as small as I could. I was going to a senior prom like so many of us did, and my mother refused to pay for the date because the restaurant I had chosen – was apparently really bad at frittatas. And my mother, that, that was the killer for her. I mean, you, you can't go to a restaurant that doesn't have a decent frittata. I remember I had to take a part-time job <laughs> for like three weeks to pay, for, to pay for this meal, which, you know, in my teenage entitled years, I thought, well, of course my parents should be paying for this. But my mother well, had what? principles.
0: Right? Well, I was going to, she had food <laughs> principles. about yeah. yeah. standards. So <laughs> exactly right. There, um, so. There's a, another quote in your book at the opening where you're doing your essay, which is so terrific. And it is Oscar Wilde, who said, an egg is always an adventure, the next one may be different. Depending on where you get your eggs, there is a difference. Yes,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Where yeah. do you get your eggs? I like to buy them right off the side of the road. So the, one of the great things about Simsbury and Granby and that oh, yeah. part of the state is you can just walk down or drive down the road and there'll be a, a hand-painted sign up there that says fresh eggs. And I love to try those. Yeah. But the most reliable, I'm sure you know, is mm-hmm. and I can't pronounce it correctly, there's a correct way to do this. Flamig Farm. Flamig Farm. They're famous for the having the eggs in reverse sign. Yes. And they have oh, beautiful yeah. eggs. They Hundreds have, of chickens. Yes. Yeah. Happy chickens chicken stew. And the, yes, it's 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 clear that this is a place that genuinely cares the about best their birds. The the yolks
2: yeah. that nice saffron oh, color. Yeah.
3: They have that kind of saffron orange color yeah. and they're so round and, and rich. Mm. I mean, the thing is for people who don't really know or love eggs, it's worth sometimes mm-hmm. taking just an ordinary store-bought egg and taking a fresh egg and cracking them, and people will know the difference immediately. It's really remarkable.
0: Now, here's what they want to know. I might see the difference in terms of color. Can I taste the difference? Maybe
3: this is what I want to believe, right? I mean, there's a whole mythology associated with this. But I genuinely do believe that you can taste the difference in fresh eggs. Mm -hmm. It
0: it can be subtle, but a really good fresh egg is so delicious. Let's go to your omelets. I, for one don't think I make a very good omelet. And so I look at this book with the greatest interest to see what it is that I can do better. Even though when I make an omelet that's just okay, I enjoy it, uh, but I see when I watch other people, I've certainly watched Jacques Pepin make an omelet and you know, Chris was making his omelet earlier. It's just, it, it's a whole other thing. There's a, little, a bit of an art to it. So what, what would you say, what's the key?
3: The key is good ingredients, right? I mean, because even if you're not especially skilled at making an omelet, really good ingredients cover just a host of sins. So that would be the most important thing. And the other is this will sound a little corny too, but I think having respect for what it is you're doing more than anything else, that and fresh ingredients. What do you mean? Respect for ingredients means, for example, choosing the best you can get first. Um,
0: and afford, yep.
3: And afford, absolutely, right? I mean, and let's be honest about it. Fresh eggs are actually more expensive. You're going to pay a premium for them. We were, builds into the wine discussion we were having earlier.
2: Maybe you treasure them more, though.
3: That's precisely it, right? I mean, they're more value to you, so you're not just going to throw them yeah, around. Yeah. But it also means, and this is a point I try to stress in the book, when you're cooking, this is true, I think, for all cooking, although I'd be interested in hearing whether Chris agrees or whether any of you agree, I think Paying attention to what you're doing. It is so easy to be distracted. There are so many things (laughs) that compete for our time and our attention. An omelet isn't a whole lot of investment, right? It's only five minutes of your time, ten minutes if you're doing something truly spectacular. It's worth taking the time to
1: concentrate on just Doing yeah. the omelet. A hundred percent. I think because it's such a simple thing, it's such a inexpensive thing, that people I talk to that have trouble making it, they're like, Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just yeah. gonna make an omelet. I never just make an omelet. And you too, right? An omelet is an amazing thing. Join the process. Yeah, and, and really watch what's Attention. happening in the pan and be well, So there.
0: would you all brainstorm with me? Because I can tell you what my number one mistake is after we focus on a couple of recipes. I want to get to too, and we have this at our site, foodschmooze.org. We just had it. Chris made it for us, and it was so delicious. It's the prosciutto parmesan and rosemary omelet. Oh, it was perfectly made, and the flavors that you have everything. chosen for mm-hmm.
1: this. It has flavor. It oh, has a little texture, texture. With, the, with the tuile. It, has, I oh, mean, it's the per- it really is the perfect Let's say what this omelet.
0: is. Okay, so it has a little – it's optional, but it's a little a parmesan tuile – which is a thin all cheese cracker that you just fry, grate some cheese, fry it up in a pan, and you're done. It becomes a cracker. Make a sandwich out of it. It's so (laughs) wonderful in terms of texture with the egg. And they're so
3: addictive. (laughs) Once you start eating them,
0: you can't (laughs) stop Yeah, try eating one. (laughs) I was really looking around to see where they're. Um, So a couple eggs, water, chopped fresh rosemary, uh, I would say careful not to overdo that, salt and black pepper, unsalted butter, a couple ounces of prosciutto that you roughly chop up, and some shaved Parmigiano-Reggiano, and uh, you can have this little cheese cracker on the side. So they're the ingredients. There's nothing wildly exotic about that. How does it come together for you? Take us through it step by step, John.
3: For me, the, again, the first most important thing is making sure you have all your ingredients ready because an omelet goes so quickly. The last thing you want to be doing is hunting around trying to find something fridge, because it's yeah. all going to go to pot if you have to go run to the fridge to get something.
0: So step one, here's what's interesting. You preheat an eight or a nine inch skillet on medium or medium to high heat yes. with nothing in it. Is it a dry pan?
3: I start with the dry pan and then we'll usually add for this omelet, I think I say butter, butter. but I, but... But olive oil is fine, too. In fact, I find for most of my omelets, except for dessert omelets, I end up using olive oil or a combination of olive oil and butter. But probably more than anything else, the temperature of the pan is going to be critical to making a successful omelet. And it's not an exact science, right? None of it's an exact science. But, but if you do it enough, you'll learn exactly where the point is. I like to think that the butter should just be beginning to make some noise. You want to see it bubble. You want to hear it sizzle it's not the end of the world if you do it too much you can you can do a lot with brown butter oh, right uh, but yeah. once it burns
1: there's nothing you when, can do with when it. when no one was looking the one omelet i made for one uh, of the producers here right yeah. alex was talking to me and i lost what <laughs> i was did, doing sick. and it went to brown but it was she still she didn't even notice <laughs> okay. she she yeah. loved the omelet but it, a little brown butter doesn't hurt no at no, no not at all Now
0: yeah, here's not. the next thing in the next step so we preheated the skillet While that skillet is preheating, you are whisking together the eggs, rosemary, salt, and pepper. You're using a fork to do this, and then a little touch of water. Is there a science reason for this? There's supposed to be anyway, right? I mean, I. Loosens I it up, right? Yeah, yeah. It, and
1: it, it yeah. also steam, the steam. The steam, helps, right. Yeah, it helps yeah. cook it softer, right? And As it, it more airy. airy. Yeah, and yeah. more, yeah. it more airy. So, too. Too.
0: so imagine yeah. this your skillet yeah. is heating, yeah. you've got a fork, and you're zipping, you know, with the eggs, the water, the rosemary, the salt, and pepper until it's combined. Now you just plop a little bit of butter in that skillet, swirl it to coat the pan and it starts sizzling as John just told us. And now you add that egg mixture and you swirl it in the pan
3: you know there are so many different theories about how to do omelets but i tend to go with the swirl and the fork so that it mean,
0: covers the whole bottom so that
3: it covers the whole bottom and then and then
0: what you let it sit uh,
3: well i prefer to let it sit just for mm-hmm. a couple of seconds i mean i know there are people who immediately want to start with the fork or the shaking of the pan Ooh. just uh-huh. let it sit okay, for a couple of seconds okay you said
0: 10 seconds
3: maybe yeah. 10 seconds or so again right. depending on where you have the heat you have no. to sort
0: of adjust it by here side here it okay. goes this is the part right this All is right. the part you ready? so you're holding the handle of the pan And you're using a rubber spatula, or a wooden one, and you pull the uncooked egg. This one, I would say, I would take that
3: spatula or the fork, and I would probably move around the compass, moving the uncooked part of the egg to the center of the pan and just
0: pulling it. That's exactly right. So it's sitting there for about 10 seconds. And
1: it's set a little.
3: On the bottom. Yeah, it's
0: set a little bit on the bottom.
3: And you'll see it, as Alex said, you'll see around the side. You'll know that it's setting because the sides will just begin to firm up.
0: What are we doing with that? the raw top? The trick is
3: to move the uncooked egg to a place where it can cook. And you can do this lots of ways. You can do it with a fork. You can swirl the pan. There are lots of different approaches. But the trick is to keep the egg moving in the pan so that the cooked egg moves out and the uncooked egg moves usually towards the center of the pan where it's going to be a little bit hotter. This happens with remarkable speed. It should be done in a minute or two. But you've only got two eggs, maybe a maximum of three, and you don't need to rush this along. The two or three minutes sounds like it's hurried and it's rushed, but it's not. You start by letting it sit, and as you see the egg begin to cook, you move the uncooked egg around. It's very simple.
0: Okay, this is where you add the prosciutto and the cheese in the center of the egg.
3: I find that one of the common mistakes, the most common mistakes, is trying to cook all of this stuff at the same time. Let the eggs take the form. Let them get settled. Let them begin to look like an omelet. One thing that most Americans at least tend to do is to just throw it all in the pot at the same time or in the pan at the same time. That, <laughs> yeah, I do. that strikes me as being a, a real recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And also putting too much cheese in, this is a real pet peeve yeah. of mine. You don't need a lot of cheese in an omelet. You only need a little bit of cheese in an you omelet. You know you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've been influenced by my mm. daughter, one of my daughters who absolutely hates cheese, but but too much cheese actually changes the texture of the egg. It makes yeah. it much harder to cook yes, the egg. Does. Actually, yeah, so if does. you're going to add it, let the eggs worth, let the eggs the sit wait. for a while. <laughs> it's okay, always, geez, um, it's okay. So
0: now we come to use that spatula, and you're going to fold the omelet in half, moving from the outside of the pan to the inside. You're going to just flip it over one half. Yes. What do we do at this point? Do we let it sit cooking on one side now that it's folded over? Do we flip it over? Well, this sort of depends
3: on your philosophy, right? But traditionally, you wouldn't let it sit in the pan. You want to move it out of the pan, and it should... A very nice kind of almost like the shape of your hand. So if you hold your was it
0: soft on the inside when
3: I flipped it? It should still be soft. Yes, but again, this is a matter of preference, right? Not It it, it shouldn't have any color. It should be perfectly pale, and it should be, as the French say, bavous, runny in the middle. In my experience, too many Americans really are not crazy about that. They want it to sit in the pan, as you suggested, give it some color. I think those omelets tend to be kind of dry and sticky, but it's just a question of preference.
1: I don't think there's a right or wrong. So if you like it crispy, it's just it's the same procedure, just a little bit longer. Just let it
3: sit. So these
0: are the steps. Of course, John does a great job in the book of not only giving you all kinds of omelet recipes, but he does a great job of explaining how to make an omelet, just as we're doing on the show. And on the other side of this break coming up, I'm going to tell you about my main mistake. There are so many when I cook omelets. And we're going to see if John can help me out with that. If you want to tell us about a trick when you make omelets that you think leads to your success, wow, would we love to hear it? Or some recipe you use. What do you put in your omelets? Let's do some omelet talk on Facebook. Okay, that's on Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. And we'll be right back. I am putting all my eggs in one basket i'm betting everything i got on you mama I'm this be- is the food Schmooze party offering the richness of life and coming to you in connecticut rhode island massachusetts and new york including westchester county the east end of long island the hamptons the senior producer is robin Doyon aiken and to hear the show on wnpr it airs thursdays at three and saturdays at noon and, of course, you can get the podcast. But here's what we want to say to you to get this conversation going on Facebook. We are blown away by the kinds of eggs in our region. We want to know from you, where are you getting local eggs? Or if you're doing the farm, let people know. Our address on Facebook is Faith Middleton Food can't wait to hear from you about that. Our special guest is John Finn. Recipes from him and the book, plus information about the book, online right now at foodschmooze.org. The book is called The Perfect Omelette. This Persian eggplant omelette is a knockout. I know the Persian flavors because I love Persian food, but go ahead. What makes this Persian?
3: Well, I'm not really sure what makes it Persian on some level, right? I mean, there's so much exchange, so much borrowing between all of these cuisines. One of the things I learned trying to do the research was that there's real uncertainty about where the omelet comes from and in its initial sort of origins, right? I mean, everybody seems to agree that the first omelets were Roman. But from that point on, some of us think the trail goes through France and everybody thinks France has the iconic omelet. But, but there's a really good argument to be made that the original omelet is really more of a persian middle eastern kind of concoction and it's largely a mm-hmm. question about using spices um, oftentimes the persian omelets are a little bit thinner uh, they use less eggs or they're cooked in a larger pan so it appears that the omelet itself is thinner but traditional ingredients would be heavy with herbs of one sort or another and local meats or local vegetables eggplant of course appears throughout so in
0: your like, recipe yeah. eggplant chopped onion mm-hmm. sliced mm-hmm. zucchini olive oil ground turmeric ground cinnamon mm-hmm. Fresh leaf parsley, mm-hmm. butter or olive oil, mint or basil for, wow. for garnish. So you uh, can see those flavors.
3: And I would probably use all of those I mean, <laughs> I mean, and more. I mean, if I had, I would simply go to the market again and whatever fresh herbs are yeah, there. Or are and all
2: the mint. Yeah.
0: So, so, ca- yes. Yeah. This, this is a wild thing. One day I didn't have too much in the refrigerator and I was trying to put something in my omelet. And I tossed in Kalamata olives. And oh. what a Oof. combination nice, brine, that yeah, turns yeah. out to be. Oh, Kalamata that's good. Olives I bet capers
3: in... would work too. Yeah, capers
0: would be. Nice. Right? Oh, yeah, so right. experiment with your yeah. eggs and see what a meal this can be. I take from John that so many cultures use eggs. I mean, we see that the Chinese egg foo young, we see oh, yeah. the Spanish doing frittata, we yeah. the Italians, the French. I wonder what the Africans do. Well,
3: there are going to be regional differences, but particularly around the Middle East, say Tunisia, Morocco, those sorts of areas, they're going to be very traditional Asias. I mean, they'll be heavy on the herbs. I've been told that in South Africa, chicken omelets are especially popular. Yeah,
0: Um, I'm acting like Africa's one little place. (laughs) (laughs) So So, gigantic, ridiculous. (laughs) I'm thinking uh, like an ostrich omelet. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> a
3: big well, one. you can make omelets out of ostrich eggs, and yeah. it's going to be a big omelet. Yeah, I hope <laughs> yeah. you're hungry.
0: I'm crazy about duck eggs. Oh, duck eggs. And yeah. this yeah. shell is as hard yeah. as iron. I mean, you really practically need a hammer to get inside it. What's but it, a richer what? taste? Uh, yes, yeah. richer yeah. and gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Really just gorgeous. So luscious okay. okay, so we have this yeah. at our website, how to make this Persian eggplant omelet. It's no harder than the last one. We're mm. talking about... These ingredients that you saute the eggplant, onion, zucchini, little salt and pepper, olive oil, add the turmeric and the cinnamon and stir it around a little bit so everything gets incorporated. Then you stir up your eggs and parsley and water and salt and pepper and then pour it over this stuff that's in the pan. And there you go. You've mm. got an omelet. You know, you could add potatoes if you want. If it's a main meal, you could add other vegetables. Play with your omelet. Play with your omelet. Tell us where you get your local eggs. And if you think they are different, I certainly get a million eggs from the supermarket. Those are Uh, good, too. So they're perfectly fine. But farm stand eggs, there's something about them when they're local eggs or that little sign on the side of the road, right?
3: Honor system. Yeah. Drop off a couple dollars. have to make sure you have
2: money, though. A wallet with cash in it. That's true.
0: Okay, can we brainstorm to help me make a better omelet? Because my omelet's not so great. I mix up the eggs and uh, stuff, and I do the mistake of putting all the ingredients in at once, including the prosciutto and the olives and and everything goes in at once. No, I do the cheese at the last minute. (laughs) And too much of it, (laughs) So that's one mistake I've learned on that from all of you. Next thing. When I'm trying to clear the top of the raw egg and the bottom is cooking, I'm pushing it toward the sides of the pan and lifting up the edge of the cooked omelet so that it can slide under and keeps cooking. Okay, so fine. Not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for me to flip over half my omelet. I'm waiting too long for it not to be so wet on the top because I'm afraid it's going to be too runny when I try to eat it. So you have so a frisbee. Mistake number three. Yeah. You have a frisbee. So fall. number four, yeah. what happens is I flip it over and it's too brown. It's too brown. It's not scorched. noxiously brown. Oh, no, it's not scorched. It's just brown. Oh, you right. know, And I don't think you want your omelet to be brown that way. No? Yeah. Maybe. Some people like Some it. Some people yeah. do. Yeah. Like I, I know said, that's a but, preference. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, and just before I flip it, I put the cheese in mm-hmm. there inside. so that it starts to melt on the inside. And my friend, Tom Chauvin, who lives in Simsbury, he sprinkles a little on the outside so that it gets Ooh. a little cheese crust. He well, flips it a couple extra yeah. times. it. Yeah. Gets idea. a little crusty cheese yeah. on yeah. it. You like it? Yeah, I love what it. kind of yeah. cheese, yeah. Faith? Oh, I use all kinds of cheese. Lots and lots of feta. Parmigiano-Reggiano. So Gruyere would be a favorite. Mm.
2: Does anyone ever use just American cheese? Sure. I don't. Is I it, do. is it good? Yeah. Oh, totally. Ham and yeah. cheese on it. I make thin slices thin slices of American ham yeah. and thin yeah. slices
1: of American cheese and you put that I don't put it in it. I just put it like a on sandwich. Top. Yeah. It Makes yeah. a great omelet. Yeah. Mm. I don't
0: yeah. put it in an omelet, but I do use American cheese for scrambled eggs. Oh, but that's I'll, good I'll
1: too. Put it on top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's know, a good it idea. It just melts really well. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's designed, designed to melt.
3: And you know it really doesn't
0: matter if it's not cheese.
3: No. I think if you're going to a diner, and you order a basic omelet like you an American
2: a, American cheese.
3: Yeah, and I would expect a triangle over the yep. top, slightly you melted, right? Yeah. You know, otherwise, you, it just doesn't look like it. You take right a cheese me.
2: slice and you fold it you fold corner it to corner, half. and then right. you have your little triangle. It just, just stays the yeah. way it
0: is when you put it in. The... <laughs> 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 it just yeah, I don't there. want to think about why See, that the, is. The, the griddle, say,
1: yeah. thats the the diner omelet. a griddled omelet, which is again yeah, it's totally different because they're rolling it. Yeah, and they're making it on a flat top, and it's a totally different animal. I
0: love that one too. That's how mine comes out. but there's nothing like with that. That. there's there's I absolutely that.
3: nothing wrong with that I mean, yeah I mean there's I'm, there are certain <laughs> saturday no, sunday mornings that's like, what you make have that this is
0: yeah. like saturday yeah. night live <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> cheeseburger 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 sure. omelet 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 right <laughs> um, john said it before there i mean
1: there's really no way to totally mess this up i only think if you burn right? it
0: if you if, if you, you burn overcook yeah. it yeah.
2: Yeah. and it's not fun yeah.
0: this is making me excited about just playing and I don't care if I make mistakes suddenly you you've given me that idea so what I'm going to put extra cheese on the outside so that gets all that the way a croque monsieur or croque madame Mm. gets or grilled cheese at Shady Glen I mean when they do the 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 cheeseburger and it gets all crispy Uh I want it to be really crispy that would be really fun and you might have wild ideas I mean, what if we added some crispy texture to the outside of the omelet, Chris? John, is there a way to panko it? Uh, but put it, under the bro- put it? Put After the, the, put the omelet under is done, yeah, under under the, the irony yeah, – yeah. no, I was thinking after the omelet's done, the irony is what we take the cooked omelet and we dip it in eggs. Oh, and deep fry
1: it. Uh, I
3: wonder <laughs> we why we it haven't seen that more... at state yeah, fairs, that right? Should, yeah, on a stick.
0: Deep fried omelet on a
3: stick. You can split the royalties on that one. you may
1: have just created something. With bacon, with a strip of bacon. it's got to have bacon. And a glazed donut.
3: A glazed donut on the top, right? (laughs) That's it. I think that's it. (laughs) That is the pinnacle of on with them. It can't be tough.
2: (laughs) So I think you need chorizo and the oil. And if you just take... Olive oil, add some chirito pieces to it, and then it turns beautiful orange. And then I'd yeah, use that back yeah, to like that's... cook well, my. Yeah. Well, in Spain, I
1: did that in, in Spain and Italy, mm-hmm. their omelet's the frittata or yeah. the torta, and it's open. Right? It's flat, flat, right? It's flat. flat, it's yeah. not, yeah. It's yeah. not, it's yeah. not yeah. a folded omelet, but yeah. it's still an omelet, right? It's oh, still those an omelet. omelet. When yes. you do Shalots. that
0: Spanish omelet, the tortilla, is the potato pre cooked? Yes, it's usually.
2: So it's steamed. So that's the first thing that goes in the pan with some olive oil. I cover it and let it become soft.
0: And water, or just plain olive
2: oil? No, just plain olive oil. Let open. it become and soft, and then that goes to the side, and then you do your onions as well, similar. So it's all soft, and then into your beaded eggs, you temper oh. them with a hot potato, oh. so you don't, you know, scramble them. Oh. And then that goes into a pan. My mom oh. makes the best you Oh, that my with an icy God. cold beer. Oh yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah,
0: that's oh. that's a perfect. Or summer this meal. Jonathan yeah. Edwards Chardonnay with it was really good. I have to say, well, the perfect omelet is the name of the book. John Finn, who lives in Simsbury, Connecticut, is the author of the book. He was also a professor of government at Wesleyan University and has become, or maybe always has been, a food guy, loves food history, and knows what's delicious. There is a recipe here for a sweet omelette with rum sauce. John, yeah, you're waving your hands like that. It's my favorite omelette. It's dessert, right?
3: It is dessert. It's intended to be a dessert omelet, yes. Although I eat them at breakfast. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Or lunch, especially. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if people are going to have coffee cake, what's the difference? So uh, a couple eggs, some rum, cream of tartar, sugar, salt, butter, and then the rum sauce, which is brown sugar, butter, heavy cream, and rum.
3: Yes. And the one thing I would say, it's really critically important how you garnish this omelet. So you need to go to a store that still sells the old-fashioned butter rum lifesavers, you for crush really? them and oh. you garnish them with the lifesavers. It's just to die for.
1: Oh my god, crunchy! <laughs> Wait a second. They're,
3: yeah, oh, I love them. Take okay. a hammer and crush them, or crush them Wait. with a with a wine bottle, right? Yeah. Or the rum yeah. bottle. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh just, so there's god. your crust. Yeah. It's wow. it's
3: certainly not there's a traditional your... yeah. <laughs> traditional wow. garnish,
2: but I love Would it. Would you
0: yes. be able to put some toasted coconut on top? Oh, absolutely. Of yes, yes. Really? Oh my oh, oh, goodness. goodness! This is or some little pineapple.
2: Oh. Oh. pineapple! This is
0: really this idea of the sweet omelet. Is really got me I really what fun it's like a, a dessert. normally if yeah. you're making a dessert at home for people let's say a coffee key this isn't outrageous the eggs are already baked inside the difference here is you can see yeah. the egg. Yeah.
3: I would urge people to try one of the chocolate omelets. The yeah, cho- I was just looking through the book, the
0: book. Yeah. oh, my God. It's like, so there's the a chocolate, chocolate souffle
3: omelet. So you melt the chocolate, or you could use cocoa powder, which I guess actually in the Basque region of Spain is how they do this. They'll use cocoa powder. But really? the French, of course, are going to use the melted chocolate. And you put it in the egg yolks, and then you combine the yolks with the whipped whites. <gasps> It's, and like, a souffle. You, it's yeah. like a souffle. It's yeah. a souffle omelet. Yeah. I start it in the pan, yeah. and then you yeah. stick it in the oven oh. for seven minutes, eight minutes or so, wow. oh. like it puffs oh. up. and it puffs up like a oh. souffle. And you won't believe this. It tastes like chocolate cake, like a flourless. Cake. Why didn't we make
2: that today? <laughs> <laughs> Can we still make that today? Well, wow. I mean, you could
3: do the whole thing in fifteen minutes, and
1: that's so you'd the, make that for your guests. I just, oh. I
3: made that actually yesterday at my culinary school. I was doing yep. a culinary
0: demonstration, yep. right? Chocolate and souffle. there was so oh, much Lord. sort of apprehension about it, right? and it was wonderful. I, well, I liked it. John Finn lives in Simsbury, Connecticut. He is a real food guy, food historian, government historian, actually, also. <laughs> and these are some fantastic ideas for savory and sweet omelets, including this chocolate soufflé omelet at foodmuse.org. That's Valentine's I, Day breakfast, I think. It, it really In for bet. me it's like every <laughs> I
2: thought we said lunch.
0: Too. Every weekend I'd be making <laughs> this. What a good idea.
3: And it's just the you know, it's just the basic version. You can add coffee to it. I like to add espresso to it. Almond. I mean, can you do
2: individual a... ones for people at a dinner party? If you had, like, yeah. little cute little...
3: You know, it's only two eggs. So it's a but... souffle. Yeah, it, it's only two <laughs> eggs, but I think a two-egg souffle <laughs> or omelet is is more than enough for two people. I fold them over. It's a little complicated okay. to fold a souffle yeah. omelet, as you can say. imagine. But if you serve it open-faced, then you can just cut off pieces, right? It's yeah. like cutting mm. a pizza, actually, and it's but, very easy to l- serve. L- Any powdered sugar? Let me Yes, powdered sugar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let
0: me just say that some of his dessert omelets are the simple jam omelet with fruit. A soufflé omelet with pears and pecans, a sweet omelet with candied walnuts, mm. uh, one with sugared strawberries, a coffee soufflé omelet, the friar's omelet. This is a Scottish dish. This is a this very is old from Scottish my dish. people. Yes. yes
3: it's okay, a Very so, old Scottish dish.
0: So this has apples and butter and sugar and nutmeg and cinnamon. This is very much like an apple pie omelet, mm. right? Yum. When yeah. you say yeah, yeah. 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 it's Oof. <laughs> just fun. so good. This just, just it brings it. It, it, it to a new place yeah.
1: for me because I've never had a dessert omelet, nor have I ever me thought too. about you it. You never even think me of that. Too. No.
0: So thank you, thank you for this whole book. Oh, by the thank way. you. I'm it's wonderful to talk with you about all this. Thank you. You're, this has been so much. fun You're a great fun. guy. This is John Finn of Simsbury, Connecticut. His book is The Perfect Omelet information online, plus all the recipes we talked about on the show. They're up there at foodshmooze.org. Don't forget on Facebook, please tell us where are you getting your local eggs. And if you have some tricks or special things you put in omelets, we want to hear it. On Facebook, we are Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. That's how you find us. Love everybody here on the show and you. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little more party in your life, we're here online at foodschmooze.org. And we hope you'll talk with us on Facebook. We're at Faith Middleton Food